And welcome to the inaugural edition of Stuff We Don't Talk About on Air. I'm John Harris, News Director for Farm Journal, joined by Clinton Griffiths, who, of course, is the host of Ag Day. And, and Clinton, before we get started, just yes, a little John. explanation. It's, it's the stuff we don't talk it's about. It's the stuff on air. we don't talk about. Right. You see, what people see on the air, either radio or television, is very polished. It's, you know, the most, final, of, the time. It, most of the time, it's a final product. But there's a lot of sausage gets made behind the scenes. You and know? so we're going to try to bring you a little bit of taste of that sausage, That's if right. you will. Yeah, this is what's happening before we kind of get it done and get it on air. Because some of that part of the job is the the best part. Yeah, and there's a lot of news that we gather that doesn't make it Absolutely. on the shows, Always. on AgWeb, on the other places. So we want to talk a little bit about that. And a little behind-the-scenes stuff like how – National reporter for Ag Day, <laughs> Betsy Jibben, ends up driving across flooded Nebraska in a U-Haul truck. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> we'll share that story a little bit later on in the podcast. And you hear that giggling in the background? That is national reporter Betsy Jibben, uh, who is in Nebraska right now. And that's what we want to focus on uh, in this first edition of uh, the stuff we don't talk about on air, is uh, the coverage that's been going on this week about the uh, flooding in Nebraska, in Iowa, in, in some of the other uh, plain states. It's, it's really having a devastating effect. And Betsy, thanks for joining us. And but first of all, just give us your, your initial reactions. What have you been seeing there as you've been traveling across Nebraska? Well, first, my initial reaction to being part of this this podcast, this first edition, I don't know what to think of it. For stuff we don't talk about on air, should I be offended? <laughs> no, no, we we want you to talk about. You know, it's funny because you know, Betsy, the the first thing I saw from you as you were you know flying into Omaha, and we decided this Monday, right? Yeah. And Betsy flew right. out Tuesday. So just so everybody knows, that's how fast the decision was made to send somebody. Be, well, And we knew the week before, okay, this is getting bad. Then you see everything happen over the weekend, and it's like, okay, someone's got to go. We have to cover this. Nebraska's too big a farm state and ag state not to get there. Uh, first thing I see from Betsy, though, is flying in. She yeah, landing, yeah. Landing. Betsy, tell what – I mean, that video, amazing. So basically what happened is we flew into Epley Airport. And um, I kind of looked as we got closer to where we needed to land, and then all of a sudden we just saw water. And I wish I knew which direction we were coming in. I believe it was on 29, and I wish I knew how far we were exactly. But everyone on the plane, you could just hear them gasp, and you can hear them talking amongst each other and just saying they they didn't even realize how heartbreaking it was. A lot of people on the plane I talked with, were out of Nebraska since about Thursday, mm. and so this was their first time coming home to their home state. And so basically what happened is, is I started to take some pictures, take some video, and then I realized we were pro- pretty close to landing. And so a lot of that water was really close to Epley, and it went about to the runway, and I was surprised from what I saw and how close it was, yeah, it was to the right airport. There. Yeah, right. You right were over there. water and then you were on the ground. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was hardly any separation there. And I think that's what caught everyone's attention was, yeah, we're talking about flooding. And, you know, we talk about, oh, the impact to some infrastructure. We think roads and a few bridges and rural roads or whatever. But, you know, look how close it was to the, the main airport in Nebraska, right outside of Omaha. Well, and this is, I think, is what what is catching everybody is uh, we all live in around areas where there's seasonal flooding, and you kind of get used to, oh, okay, it floods, it's going to be in this area, 
and and everyone else is is not impacted. Betsy, that's not really the case this time, is it? I mean, you're seeing flooding in areas that have never seen flooding before. Right. And then in in the case of Nebraska, it's pretty widespread. And it is in pockets, but it is pretty widespread when you go from Council Bluffs all the way to Nebraska City. And even west of that, that doesn't even count for Valentine, Nebraska, or the Niobrara River. And so it it really is widespread, especially on the eastern part. And I didn't notice either before I went into Omaha that there are some parts of the interstate that's closed right outside of Omaha, and you'll go through some other parts that look just completely fine, but then you'll hit some road closures where the water is completely over the interstate or completely over 29. And I guess I didn't realize how bad that was until I was up in the air to see it. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's uh, all over. Uh, we 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 got some footage that came in from uh, the governor's tour, and it's a, an aerial footage, and so we shared that on the show uh, for uh, I think it was Wednesday morning, and you know the 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 look and then how many places you go and see water over major infrastructure uh, and over entire towns. And we had stories from people in Fremont that were being airlifted out and people donating their airplanes just to get people in and out of the town. Um, mm-hmm. And there was at one moment in that video uh, that there's a, a woman looking out the window as she's flying away from Fremont and she's just about in tears. And you realize well, how could you it, not be? And absolutely, right? That's their lives. That's their livelihoods. Yeah. And you realize at that moment that, okay, the stories that we're doing here, we don't necessarily need the governor talking about the impact. We need to go find the people uh, and the lives that are going to be impacted here and probably for a long time. Um, you know, I've covered natural disasters when I was in Kansas. I've covered it in, in Oklahoma. And... You know, that's we always show up with news crews as a disaster is happening, and then we leave. And it is usually the stuff that happens before the 10-year anniversary show that is the hardest to get through, right? Week two, week four right. is when you've got to pick up and say, okay, this is what reality is now. <laughs> those farm fields, those pastures that we've always used for our cows uh, are nothing but a bed of sand now. Right. Will it ever come back? And you saw some of that, Betsy, uh, yesterday riding around with some folks near the Platte River. Right. So I can explain some of the places I've been to. Now, yesterday we were over near the Platte River, and we were over near Fremont, near North Bend, near Morris Bluff. And so when we went over there, we drove downtown Fremont. Mm. And so Oh, wow. You, you were able see- to drive through it. Wow. Yeah, we were able to drive through it. And to my understanding, they opened up one of the main roads yesterday. So we were able to get there without too much difficulty. We were at a standstill for a while on one of the major roads because it was one lane trying to get there. And, of course, there were road closures. But we were driving around in, in some parts of Fremont, too. And you could tell that it was covered from water at some point. The part where we were, we were able to drive, we were able to drive through. Okay. Um, but... So that it sounded like the water went down in that aspect of where we were in the town. And the farmer we visited was over in Morris Bluff, which is right next to the Platte River. And so we went and visited him and also his nephew. And they have some livestock and they have some row crops and they farm on the river bottoms. And basically they posted a video to social media that ended up going viral where a lot of their cattle were over on this island on high ground and they could not get to them. And so they had to take boats over there 
for, for feed to make sure that their cattle were okay, and that was the only way they could get to them. And so by the time we got there, the water had subsided, and they were actually doing okay. They didn't have any losses during that time. They did have a, um, a calf loss after that just because I think they just had to deal with so much weather conditions, but it wasn't because of the flooding necessarily. And so they were doing okay, and they were showing me some of the places that were covered in water and how it went down, but some of their land and pasture right next to the Platte River, it I mean, it it was full of sand, as you mentioned. Mm. The barbed wire fence served kind of as a, as a filter. There were corn cobs everywhere. You could see where the water was. And so while they looked okay and they were definitely fortunate compared to some others, they said they're going to be repairing fence probably until May or June and not going to repair before that because they don't know if this is going to happen again soon. Sure. Because as a reminder, there's a lot of water up north and a lot of, of snow up north that still needs to come down and it'll probably impact the Missouri more, but they just don't know exactly what's ahead. So they're not going to make those changes right now. Yeah, we're, we're still ahead of the usual spring flooding season in that area. You add to that now several breached levees that in no way can be repaired in time for the traditional flooding season. So yeah, there probably is going to be uh, around to at least in some of those areas, isn't there, Betsy? Well, and I visited some places near the Missouri River bottoms today over in the Blair, Nebraska area and over in the Herman, Nebraska area. And so I visited some fields really adjacent to the Missouri River. And so that's what they're worried about right now is now that some of the water has come down, and I have a couple of stories with that, but is they're worried about all this water that's north into South Dakota, for example, that has to come down the Missouri water yet. A bunch of snow, even in different parts in northern South Dakota, that still has to come downstream sure. yet. And so they're worried that they're going to have to face flooding again. And so they're not quite sure what to, what to do at this point. And a lot of the farmers and producers I talked to along the Missouri necessarily call this a 100-year flood. They said this is what we saw in 2011. And for people who were familiar with what happened in 2011, I, I was started to intern then at the Sioux Falls Station, but that's when they had record snowfall at that time, year-record spring rainfall, and that all had to go down the Missouri River, and it just created a mess. And they said this is very similar to 2011. You know, Clinton, you talked about the footage of uh, some of those uh, city residents, town residents, if you will, that were being evacuated, and it is life-changing for them. Mm-hmm. But you you add a magnitude of difficulty for the livestock farmers sure. that are out there. Um, I know Betsy, you were at uh, I think it was a hog farm where they were mm-hmm. you were with them as they were trying to uh, basically take the the hogs were on a high enough spot they were fine, but they were having to take feed out in a john boat to keep them going. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. basically, that was a story that I gathered this morning, and Twitter is the greatest. Somebody on Twitter posted a video. I reached out, and they got me connected, and this farmer, again, was co- kind of near the Blair area, farmed right next to the Missouri River bottoms, and um, also is a is a livestock producer, has hogs. And so I got connected with him, and his situation is the Missouri River basically – flooded about a mile, mile and a half inland. And that was where his location was at. And so basically he faced a couple of different hurdles because of that. Number one, 
he was out of feed. And his place where he normally gets feed for some of his hogs, he couldn't get there because of some of the infrastructure. And I believe they were out of feed. Wow. So he had to go to a different location. And so when I got there, he was still waiting on feed. And so when you take that into consideration, he has to take that feed now by boat because this water that's coming from the Missouri River is about 10 feet deep. Wow. Um, So he. Wow. Yeah, 10 feet. That's a mile away from the usual banks. A mile away, a mile and a half away, roughly, from the usual bank. Wow. And so he's a little bit worried about when this water does subside a little bit, when this gets to be three, four feet, he's worried it's going to take a, it's going to take a hard time for him to move the boat around and try to get oh, yeah. to his buildings, especially when the water isn't as deep. So sure. it's kind of a double-edged sword in, in that aspect, but basically he lost power in his barn. And so he's running some generators there, and that's when we went along with him is he went to go check on his generators and whatnot. But his pigs are completely safe. They're on higher ground. He said they don't even know exactly what's going on. They're all warm now with the generators. They are getting fed, but it's just it's a challenge getting to them. And, this, and he, again, said this is very similar to 2011. And, and it's, it's times like this and instances like this that I think really makes – Farmers and ranchers, if you pardon the expression, make their heads explode when they get attacked by animal rights activists about care for their animals. Because I I don't think anybody uh, on the consumer side fully appreciates what it takes to bring that food to the table and to make sure that these animals are cared for in instances like this. Well, and it's not just the flooding, right? So, And here he is, and he's going to have to do this every day for who knows how mm-hmm. long, especially if the flooding keeps happening, maybe probably two or three times a day because I'm sure he can't take as much as he wants to do. It could be all day, every day as he's taking a few bags at a time or however much he can take. But, yeah. you know, the, it's the bomb cyclone that happened before all this that kind of started this issue when you had a blizzard come out and seeing, I, I think there was a video on the Weather Channel where there, there was an interview being done and the guy's out at the feed yard putting feet out for his cows, trying to keep them fed in the middle of this blizzard. Mm-hmm. The wind is whipping through there. And it doesn't matter what time of year or day or what the weather is. When it's time to go do chores and feed, you go. You do it. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And, and usually at the same time go out and take care of the neighbors that right. need that assistance and right. do it very and happily your, and willingly. Yeah. yeah, And take care of your own family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, too, too, for this guy, it was really interesting trying to get to him because he couldn't take some of his machinery out there either. So we had to use this kind of smaller power tractor to get over to the boat. And then once we got to the boat, we, <laughs> it, was, it was really interesting. I've never seen anything like that. But he told me, luckily, his hogs are about 50, 60 pounds, so they're not fat, fat hogs. Oh, okay, so that's going to help when he takes all the feed over there. Yeah. Um, that sure. he's not taking as Right. possible but yeah so we went on a little boning it boating adventure today and uh that was that's nothing i've ever experienced yeah. hey, have you gotten a sense yet of of how much grain and storage has been damaged how much feed has been damaged in the areas you've been in i don't yet and i wish i did i did talk with one farmer who moved some of his grain i'm not really sure i'm trying to get a hold of some folks who work for some of these companies to see if grain is even moving 
because we've seen some rail tracks that look completely fine. Mm. Uh, we've seen some people repairing some of the rails, but another big problem that's going on is the infrastructure with some of the bridges they're trying to repair by some of the dams that broke. But even these small rural towns, uh, the township roads, for example, I mean, how long is it going to take to get there when farmers need to use some of that machinery either for their livestock or if they do plant in a couple of weeks, how long is that going to yeah. yeah. Well, and you've got and ro- yeah, and you've got roads with ruts that are you know as deep as people out there that have just com- you know or just washed, washed away. Washed yeah. away. There's really not a road there. It's a kind of a low spot now. Um, and then of course you've got to go in and, and rebuild all that. And I think that's going to be the bigger challenge for a lot of these areas. Is yeah, you'll make it the big major roads and the thoroughfares open. But what about the bridges across the two lane highway? What about you know, some of these more uh, important or smaller uh, railroad bridges that require a lot more effort and more material. And, you know, how long is it going to take? I mean, it could be a month. It could be five. Um, and it just seems like a, a long time to try to work through all this. And that's just one state, right? We just have – we've got one location. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so – all right. Well, well, I know, too, some of these places, too, they weren't taking grain unless they were contracted. So I don't know if grain's even being moved out of, of the Cargills and ADMs of the world. I can't speak for them. But one farmer said, is this going to hurt basis? We already had terrible basis earlier in the year. We weren't shipping out of the PMW. So now what? Yeah, right. So many layers. So many layers. And Chip Flory, we talked to him this week, and he said, you know, we're not going to know the impact on either the cropping or the livestock side for probably weeks, if not months. And well, I, we need to get Chip on here next week to talk about that. I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I know Farm Bureau's come out with an estimate of up, upwards of a billion dollars in ag losses. Just I think from, they're up to, today they're up to a billion four. Billion four. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they just keep rising. Wow. We don't really know until, you know, all all of it is tallied and it's got to – not be underwater for us to count it. All right. Well, Betsy, it's been some great reporting uh, from Nebraska. We look forward to seeing uh, more in the coming days on Ag Day as you you continue your coverage there. And uh, we'll see more even when you get back here in the studio. Be safe coming back. And before we do that, let's let's pull the curtain back a little bit. (laughs) And and you mentioned, Clinton, that this came together rather quickly at the Uh last minute. For those people that think uh, the life of a traveling reporter is pretty glamorous, going uh, from hot spot to hot spot and uh, covering the news, give us a little peek of what things were like earlier this week trying to get Betsy. And we, we definitely need to mention cameraman uh, Don Green, who was there oh, yeah. working with her on getting some great footage. Uh, what was it like? Just getting them set to do with this coverage this week. So it's it's Clinton. You better not tell them I was a hot mess. No, well, I won't say you're a hot mess, but I will say the <laughs> the whole situation can be. You know, you don't really know until you get there, and you you're not sure exactly what you're going to experience. Uh, but you adapt. Uh, yes, and, you do <laughs> to whatever you need to. So I get a text message from Don that says, "Hey, uh, I can't find a car to rent anywhere in Omaha." The only thing left is a panel van, and it's going to be about $800 for two days, <laughs> which, you know, everybody's got a boss, and we have a boss, and I'm guessing that's a little bit out of budget. 
even though it is a big story, right? And so I said, well, hold on. Let us make some calls. And so the producer, Marge Kohler, and I start calling. And she she's calling, you know, everywhere she can think of in Omaha. And I'm calling everywhere else. And not uh, just Omaha, but for a pretty wide range around Omaha. There's over. nothing to be had. Trying to find a car for some, for them to drive uh, that is not a panel van that will cost us $800 for two days. And so um, finally Marge says, well, pfft, they're going to have to drive a van. Let's just get them a U-Haul. And I thought, oh, we could get them a U-Haul pickup truck, which are, you know, you can rent those for like 19 bucks a day or whatever, plus mileage. Well, 1995, as it says on the back <laughs> of the truck that is being driven around Nebraska right now. <laughs> and so. Look at it right now on the passenger side of the truck. Yeah, so. That, advertising for U-Haul. Yeah, I know. So that's what uh, was our one and only best option and betsy how does how does it drive <laughs> the drive is, is is okay it's definitely uh nothing i've ever experienced in my life driving a u-haul around and everywhere we stop people have asked us why we have a u-haul but <laughs> <laughs> hey, it gets the job done it was uh very clean when we received it and i'm afraid they're gonna charge us a little extra <laughs> a little extra mud right removal now. well and there's nowhere to put all yeah, your... that we've destroyed a vehicle yeah there's nowhere to put all your gear either and so they've had a tarp blowing around in the back as they're cruising <laughs> through the state thankfully the roads have kept them kind yeah. of slowed down a little bit so what are you gonna do well it was raining yesterday and so there was nowhere we we even looked to see if we could get something with a tarp i mean we could get the legit u-haul with with extension on there and they said they couldn't provide that for some reason and so we have this little tarp that's blowing around it's really not covering it so so if you see yeah, we looked a little redneck in the u-haul but made it work so if you see the u-haul with the blue tarp going across nebraska be sure to wave high <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right but you know, you know the 12 passenger van that could have been that could have been useful we could have picked people up dropped them off oh, or at least that. stored your luggage and kept it dry yeah well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could have well, picked up some uh, extra cash on the side, putting like an Uber sign on the, that's, on the side. Oh, and... See, next time. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time, Betsy. Ever the entrepreneur. You know, those reporters are always thinking, <laughs> I'm right. here anyway. Might as well make a little extra money. Well, right. we had an Uber driver take us to the U-Haul location, and she I think she wanted to come with us because she kept saying, you know, my kids are old now. I can go with you. And we kept saying, we just need to be dropped off, ma'am. Okay, well, thank you. You could have had a driver for the week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she had a van, so, yeah. I mean, it could have worked. But, uh, yeah, she kept saying, you want me to call him? All right. So, I don't know. We could have had another bureau reporter out of Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. We'll keep watching Ag Day this week uh, for more coverage coming up on the uh, flooding in Nebraska. Uh, what are some of the other stories that are going to be hitting in the next couple of days, Clinton? Well, we've been uh, following. Obviously, we have a big planning intentions report supposed to be coming out next week from USDA. So kind of we're gearing up for that. Um, you know, at, at this point, with all the uh, flooding and issues that we have in, in that part of the country, I, I'm not I'm not going to put as much stock in those numbers as I think well, probably all yeah. would have. Um, and so, you know, part of me still thinks that we're, we're on one of the wettest springs that we've ever seen, like third wettest ever for this uh, middle part of the country o- over the winter. And so, like, we following a wet fall where nothing got done. Right. Following a wet fall where nothing got done. So we've got a lot of irons in the fire here trying to figure out exactly what's going in, where and why and how. 
Um, obviously, trade uh, sounds like we're going to be shipping some some more of our officials over to China to be doing more trade negotiations. So, what's going to happen there? Earlier this week, it was like, "Hey, we're not going to we're not going to get a deal till June." I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and I think the entire industry is kind of in this wait and see, but please hurry up kind of mode, given the fact that planning is right around the corner. Thank you both for being our guinea pigs for the inaugural version of Stuff We Don't Talk About on air. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll be, we'll be back each week with uh, some of the various editors of Farm Journal to talk about the stuff we haven't been talking on air, but we're sharing a few stories from the background. Thanks for being with us. I'm Farm Journal News Director John Harris.